right, we are back. Welcome to Crime Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bounds, and we have a brand new pursuit. Tonight, we have a very special guest. We have Bethany Swasina. Did I say that right, Bethany? You did. Wow. See, I am getting good at these names. I'm telling you because in other podcasts, I usually screw up last names. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So we are here regarding a case from South Dakota, uh, a young lady of Alicia Hummel. Did I say her name right? Alicia. Alicia Hummel. And she was a preschool teacher, a wife, and she had a lot of friends. She had a lot of people that loved her family. Let's talk about, uh, Bethany, what the good stuff that you knew about your best friend, Alicia Alicia was, I met Alicia actually when we were in high school and her sister and I uh, are actually the the same grade in high school, but uh, I I really sit between Alicia's younger sister and Alicia in age. And so in high school, it was always, I was always with her sister, Erica, but Alicia was around. And then um, she, I moved away from Sioux City, Iowa, which is where we lived at the time. And I moved um, to Elk Point, South Dakota, which is where it was like a town of or a school of 500 kids in my class to a, a town of I graduated with 45 kids in my class. So I went from like a big city to a very small rural town. And in that, I met Alicia's um, husband, Tony, and that kind of hit everything off. Um, Erica came up more then I was down there a lot more. And, I, I, you know, just as life grew you grow closer to people and alicia met tony through me their relationship began uh you know as in high school as juniors in high school juniors in high school and then you know throughout college and as that relationship grew because i was there i lived in a point and they met through me our relationship began um and continued to grow alicia was very um, all, she was the type of person that she was going to give you the coat off of her back. And I know that sounds cliche and it, uh, probably a lot of people say it, but Alicia was all about everyone else but Alicia and not making sure that everyone else was okay before she made it about herself. When it came to her own life and her own struggles, she was very private person. She didn't share a lot of that or she did share things. She shared it with just a bit bits and pieces to different people so that not everyone knew of everything going on at the same time. Now, her and Tony had a lot of struggles. There was, you know, the struggles of just being high school sweethearts and, you know, Tony being the first love. And then they went off to college together and trying to evolve together. Um, and the typical squirrels that came along with that. You know, I remember the time she would cry because she, you know, didn't feel like she he loved her and just different things. Um, in life that happened uh and when they were in college alicia uh continued to try and you know show that she was about tony she was about being with tony um she signed up for the military and she left for the military um my junior year of college which would have been her senior year of college so she pushed off graduating from college for a year um, and she tried to go into the uh, Air National Guard at the time. Um, She was discharged in basic training on a medical discharge 
uh, due to some injuries she had. And that was pretty devastating for a, a large reason that she went into the military was that uh, her boyfriend or Tony at the time, uh, mother was in the military and, and she liked what the military had to offer. And so that was something she wanted to pursue. She pursued, she tried to pursue nursing um, again, that close tie to, to Tony's family, um, his, with his mom and, and she attempted that. And I, she just always tried to, to be there to make herself kind of conform to what, what, what Tony wanted or needed at that time. When they, we graduated from college, um, my senior year of college, we both moved back to the Sioux City area, uh, cause we were going to school, um, at South Dakota state in Brookings and at that point in time, she wasn't quite sure what she wanted to do. So she went back to USD for a short time, um, thinking that she wanted to, to be a speech language pathologist. And she went and got a communication or communication studies degree um, and then just realized that really wasn't something she wanted to do. Um, and then kind of got into uh, her preschool teaching job in, in Dakota City at the, at the time um, of her passing is what she was doing. Um, her Tony, uh, you know, Tony and her did a lot of Tony did a lot of roller derby. And so Alicia would try that. She was willing to try roller derby. I mean, she was always willing to try something at least once. And I would say Alicia was very naive um, and always saw the good in everyone. You know, she didn't really have a mean bone in her body and she didn't really think people were out to get you or out to be mean. She always saw the good in people. Um, and always thought there was good out there. Kind of when you're from a small town or, or from you know middle of South Dakota, you don't think you know, something bad's going to happen to me. It's just we just don't hear about it all the time. We're kind of in our own like sheltered life, um, right, right. and you just don't think about it. And so I, she just she tried to do everything in her power to to make things work, and she changed things in her life to make life work. And and that's who she was. She always wanted the best for everyone and you know seeing her struggles at the hardest times is really difficult and I always tell people like at the end of the last six months of Alicia's life um, Alicia was really trying to get to figure out who Alicia was what's Alicia without Tony because for so long she had been Alicia and Tony she was never Alicia and now she was trying to figure out what Alicia was like because she had found her husband in bed with another woman. She had tried to make her marriage work, but it wasn't working. And she was now coming to terms with the fact that, um, you know, as a Catholic, that's not really something that happens. You are not really supposed to be divorced and coming to terms with the word divorce and what that was going to look like for her and how her future was going to be. Uh, she had found out that her job in Dakota City as a preschool teacher was changing hands. And so she had this opportunity to uh, continue with the employer or she could start over and do something completely different. And she really tossed with that, what that would look like. Um, and she talked about going back and I mean, her and I talked extensively about her going back and getting her master's degree in special education. She loved teaching. Um, as a preschool teacher, but preschool teachers don't make a lot of money. Right. And so it, it wasn't putting, she wasn't like the breadwinner and, and that put strain on the marriage because, uh, you know, when <clears throat> you're not putting as much money in the marriage, then there's financial things. Oh yeah. So <clears throat> Tony had changed jobs 
when he went gone back to his his family owns a house moving company and tony had um changed jobs from his job at uh at the local like meat packing plant in down in sioux city and had gone back and started working for his dad again and the frustration with that and it's just life for her just was kind of being tossed up and it was all over the place and she was trying to gather all those pieces back together and figure out who she was and i really feel like those last three months those last couple of weeks of her life like alicia was okay with being alicia she was figuring it out now and also figuring it out she she learned how to be independent again like i don't need someone to be with me all the time i just i like having people there but i don't need it right and so that makes sense why she went to myron grove that day because she didn't need someone to go with her she she just wanted the solitude she wanted the the solidarity of that moment um life was turning upside down she um had talked to tony numerous times about divorce okay so let's get into the day of june 1st 2015 what happened to your best friend okay so june 1st 2015 um may 31st of 2015 was the last day that alicia worked at in Dakota City as a preschool teacher under that administration under that administration is the best way I can put it. Um, she was now from on June 1st for the next month, she was going to have a vacation, much like a teacher would have a vacation, but it was only a month. And so that, that's the time that she was going to take to figure life out. So on June 1st, Alicia had stated numerous times to many of us that she wanted to do something. She wanted to go fishing or do something. She had put on Facebook that she was going fishing on June 1st, 2015. She was sending snaps throughout the morning. She did her morning workout. You know, we got snaps of it. She, uh, you know, was talking to friends and then she decided she was going fishing and she asked a couple of people if they wanted to go, uh, they couldn't. And she decided she was going anyways. Uh, so she left grandma and grandpa's house uh, to go fishing that day. She, from what we know, uh, went and drove from Sioux City, Iowa to Vermilion, um, South Dakota, which isn't that far away. It's about a 35 mile, 40 mile jaunt, um, to, uh, to go to like Newcastle, which at that time is where her home with Tony was. Now she wasn't living in Newcastle because, things the house that was in newcastle tony wasn't necessarily making sure she had electricity water those things and it just wasn't being taken care of the way it was so she had moved home but her fishing supplies were in newcastle at the house in newcastle so she went to newcastle to go find her tackle box and her fishing rod um from what we know is she did not find her tackle box, but she had her fishing rod and she took snaps of it with her fishing pink fishing rod going up through the sunroof of her car. Uh, she went back into town and she got a fishing license from Walmart in Vermilion. She, I don't, we don't know if she ever, that, or we as the family friends do not know if she purchased anything else for tackle wise, if she got a tackle box or anything like that, we have never been released that and haven't been told what she had, what she didn't have. Um, and she went off to Myron Grove. Now Myron Grove um, is past Vermilion. 
uh, it's kind of a secluded area on the Missouri River. It is um, a park. It is um, ran by the, you know, uh, game fish and parks uh, go down there regularly. It is a private boat or a public boat access point. And she was going to go down there and she was going to fish in solidarity and catch a big fish that day. And if she caught a big fish, she wanted her grandpa to, to help her clean it when she got home. Uh, from what we know, uh, she made it to Myron Grove. She took pictures, uh, Snapchats of like the sign uh, when you get to Myron Grove. Uh, and that's what we know. We don't know if she ever made her rod into the water, um, if she ever got to fishing. We know when she got down there that she saw two people having sex. Um, as she sent a text uh, to uh, one of her friends and it stated it's, it must be a good day to get it on. So obviously she saw something. Uh, that was the last text we heard from Alicia. Uh, no one heard from anyone uh, until roughly, I want to say I got the phone call about 5.45, 6 o'clock on June 1st uh, from Tony and it wasn't even to my phone. It was, I had my phone on me. It was actually to my husband's phone. And Tony um, asked if I had talked to Alicia and I hadn't, I hadn't heard from her recently. And he asked if I was with her and I wasn't with her. And I said, what is going on? Why, you know, why do you care? Why are you calling me? Uh, you know, it just, they, they weren't together. They were separated. And you know, why was he, tried to ask me what Alicia was doing. It made no sense to me. And he told me that he had received a call from um, the law enforcement that Alicia was missing and he was trying to find her. And he said, I know that you are the closest person to her. And I figured if she was going to be with anyone, she was going to be with you. And so I, at that point, took it into my own hands and said, I'll do some calling. I'll do some checking, and, and that is really when it began in trying to find where Alicia was. Okay, um, well, let me ask you this. Um, who filed a missing report on her? The the missing report, so the what, from what we know, law enforcement is the only ones that have ever told us she was missing. So law enforcement um, called her grandparents, Uh and they called her husband to tell her she was missing. Okay, so initially, but in, in order for someone, for law enforcement to say, hey, we have, you know, her missing, someone must have called and said, hey, she didn't show up here, or hey, we haven't heard from her. I mean. At, you, you, at that point, we didn't know, though. They had told us they had found, you know, her car and she wasn't in it. Um, that. There was, you know, her car, but no one was there. We, we didn't know anything at that point in time. Uh, at about, I want to say nine o'clock is when I received the phone call from a, a DCI detective telling me that um, they had found Alicia and that she had been murdered. How did they say uh, she had been murdered? At that point, they did not tell me. Um, they just told me that it appears it was a homicide. And Did you later uh, find out? Yes. So I uh, was called in that next morning and I was questioned that next morning, um, you know, about the, her relationship with Tony, what she was doing, you know, the color of her cell phone, 
know, do I know they had a description of a vehicle? Did I recognize, you know, a, a dark colored sedan with dark tinted windows and a, an exhaust that was loud? Like it was not loud. Like someone put an exhaust on it. It was loud. Like it was broken. Like something was wrong with the exhaust and I didn't. Um, but I did, I told them I would do my best. I, um, remember getting the, uh, Snapchat timeline for them, uh, for the police, letting them know when the timeline was. Um, and I knew at that point she was found in water. Um, and that a gentleman that worked, um, for, you know, the rec department that went and changed like the garbages was the one that found her in the water. At that point, we didn't know how she died. We didn't know if she drowned. We just knew it was a homicide. They had found her in water. And we didn't find out for a couple of days that um, the cause of death was drowning and attributing factors were blunt force trauma. Okay. So, with a laceration to the neck. Okay. So you, you guys got this from the police that, you know, the cause of death was drowning. What was yes. going through your head because you've been good friends with her for, you know, a long time. So you're thinking, who could be responsible for this? Uh, well, of course, I'm thinking that. Uh, I, I just remember being really shooken up. I mean, I didn't sleep yeah. that night. Um, I, I remember watching the TV with my husband and, and watching it come across at like the four o'clock with a timeline body found at Myron Grove. And I, it wasn't until eight, nine o'clock the next morning when I was finally like my body was just so exhausted. I was trying to sleep that they announced that it was her. And then my phone blew up because people knew that. Um, I was very leery of everyone. I was leery of Tony. I was leery. Um, she was, uh, you know, seeing another person and I was leery of that person. I knew who he was. I, I had known him since we were in high school. I mean, I didn't think I knew he lived not near here. And so I was leery of that. I was leery of, okay, well, maybe this is drugs. Maybe that, maybe she was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. And maybe it was the two people that she saw that, you know, killed her or, you know, you just, I think you just think of every direction and you just, you know, I've, I've prayed for the last five years that I don't know who the person that did this to her is, but if, she knew who the person did this. The reality is, is I probably do too. And that is a scary thought. Okay. So let's talk about the evidence. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot of evidence that, you know, that you gathered police. What, right. what is this looking like? Do it look like this crime is going to be solved? I mean, it's been since 2015. Yeah, I, I pray that it's solved. I pr I've prayed for the last five years that it's solved. Um, you know, I we were told really early on in the investigation it's it's going to be a hard case to solve because she was thrown in water. That when you get thrown in water, all DNA kind of dissipates. It's it's just not there. Um, I remember being like a I always felt like a CSI detective. It sounds really bad, but at her funeral we had an open casket, and I remember just standing up there, just kind of looking over her, just kind of taking it all in. You know, I, I, it was from that moment that I knew, like, I'm I'm going to fight for you. I am going to to do everything in my power to find out who did this to you. And just trying to take that all in and take in, you know, the we could see the, the black underneath her fingernails. Because she had long fingernails. 
you know, from them collecting the dust. I, her ears were so bruised. You could see it through the makeup. But you could tell she, we put the parents put a her grandparents put a hat on her, but you could tell like she was missing spots of her head. Her fingers looked broken. Oh, wow. um, you know, I, I'm glad I saw her. I, 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 I'm glad that I had that closure to see her, but those are all, all things that I, I vividly remember. I, I vividly remember looking at her and going, okay, you did fight. I mean, you know, like, you know, like, with somebody doing that kind of damage and, and, and I hear what you're saying, she fought for someone to do that kind of damage. It had to have been somebody that was pretty angry with her. Don't you agree? I would agree. It makes it really hard for me not to think that this wasn't a personal attack. I've said all along, exactly. like, you didn't, you didn't just bash her head in, you slit her throat and then you threw her in water. Like you really had to make sure she was dead. Oh, and wow. that's, that, that to me, like, I, that's so, so, so profound to me. Like, yeah, you, she died because she drowned, but you beat the sh- crap out of her i mean excuse my language but that's what they did oh, you're fine. um and so th- that's really hard that's hard to swallow like how do you think that that's an innocent per you know that's just someone on drugs doing that i mean i was a licensed addiction counselor i know that drugs do crazy crazy things to people and people don't remember what they do and they just go out of their mind i i get that but it's hard for me not to think like this wasn't a personal attack like she didn't know her attacker and that's why they did what they did well that's exactly i was just getting ready to go there because the reason they wanted to make sure she was dead and the reason why a they were angry and two they wanted to make sure that she could never tell who done it to her she knew who her attackers, who her attacker or attackers were, and right. you know. So I'm agreeing with you here. And yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. It, it sucks. I mean, it sucks. And like you know, you go through life, and you just. I mean, I remember thinking, okay, law enforcement's going to do their job. Like this going to be an. E- they're going to do this. This we're going to get. We're going to find this out. Now what's 2015? Like you, you shouldn't have cold cases in 2015. Technology's gone. You know, it's so much better than it was in the 90s and the 80s. We're in 2015, and I just remember thinking about that. And we're going to get this solved. Like, and as time has progressed, I've been like, okay, well, is law enforcement really doing their job? I mean, I just, you start to question things. I think that's normal. I, I think it's normal. I don't know if it's normal. I don't have friends that get murdered all the time, but, um, you know, you question things like, okay, you know, are they really looking into this? Did they really look into the Hummel family? Did they, you know, it's, there's a lot of suspicion out there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of what ifs. And I try as hard as I can to not focus on the what ifs. I want to focus on what the facts are right now. What mm-hmm. I know, what I've been told and not what everyone else believes might happen because that doesn't do me any good, but fire me up. Okay, well, let my me blood a- boiling. <laughs> okay, well, let me ask you this. Uh, did they find her cell phone? No. So we never, so they did, uh, like, we found out that they had taken, you know, they had dive teams and things, and they had um, dragged the the river or whatever. But the river's fast moving. Like, that's the, that's the most deadly river. I mean, people die almost every year on that river in that area it's a very deadly river and the scary part about this is like if she would have been thrown off 
the dock, like off the end of the dock, we would have never seen Alicia again because the river would have taken her. Where she was thrown, the river kept her and allowed someone to find her. Okay. Uh, It's so that so there's that that so anyways about a year later they found um there was a party on a big sandbar with a bunch of college and college kids and uh they found alicia's purse which had never been found uh and the college kids the next morning ended up calling i mean freaking out because they found a dead person's purse um, and ended up calling police. And I got wind of it because of uh, Elk Point's not a very big town, remember? And people from Elk Point were there at the party that found the purse. And so um, I got wind that her purse had been found um, and some of the items inside of it. No, none of her credit cards were taken. None of the cash was taken. Fishing license was still in there, um, but the phone was not. And We've asked, you know, law enforcement if they, you know, are worried about the phone, if they, you know, because I always think, you know, she was on Snapchat. I think the phone probably got her in trouble or she wasn't paying attention because she was on the phone because she was like the self queen of the world. Uh, But the phone's never been recovered. Tony got a burner phone um, like uh, within a week of her passing, like moved all the contacts and everything, you know from her cell phone onto a, f- a phone that he purchased and just had it moved over. So I don't know if that's why law enforcement isn't worried about it. I don't know if they were able to pull everything off the phone. I, I don't know why that is, but the phone's never been recovered. The purse was recovered. It wasn't made a big deal. It didn't make the news. It, it was just kind of like, yep, we found the purse. Yep, We knew it wasn't an art robbery. You know, it was kind of just like shoved underneath the rug. Okay, so you're saying that, okay, I'm a little confused here because you said that, well, he was transferring the contacts from her phone. So are you saying he had her phone? No. So, like, with Verizon, from my understanding, with Verizon, he went to, because it was a Verizon phone, he went to Verizon and moved everything he could from her cloud and all of that that would have been on the phone that kind of sits out in Wonderland. And moved it on to a new phone. Okay. So I, okay. Yeah, I so got it. So he had bought a new phone and it moved as much as he could onto this new phone of what was on the old phone without physically having okay, the old phone. It. Now, let's go back where we can talk about, you said that when the purse was found, her money was still in the purse. Am I correct? Correct. And her credit cards still yep. in the purse. Correct? Yeah, Correct. So we can safely say that this wasn't a robbery, obviously. So somebody wasn't worried about the money or the credit cards, but they was worried about the phone. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I think that's weird. Don't you find that odd? I find that odd. And I mean, I just think it's odd that the purse like went downstream, not very far. I mean, that's, that's just weird to me too. But I guess in the panic of everything, if you're chucking everything off a dock, I mean, a purse is going to float a little bit better than a phone. A phone's going to sink. I don't know. It's just weird. I, yeah. The whole thing's odd. Yeah, I agree. Because, you know, that that's very odd to me. So that further lets me know it was someone that she that she knew. Or she got a picture of him. I mean, that's well, the other thing. Yeah, did, she, 
did she intentionally or non-intentionally get a picture of him and that's what made him freak? I, I don't know. Well, I mean, could she have sent a text and said, hey, um, somebody could have said, hey, where are you at? Oh, I'm such and such here fishing. Um, this is where I'm at. They could yeah. have been, you know, because of that. Right. I, yeah. I. It, yeah, it's. It, it, she didn't put it like out on Facebook that she was going to Myron Grove, but she put it on Facebook that she was going fishing. So if you were close enough, you knew where she was going. And I. You know, I haven't dug a whole lot deep into her Facebook or anything like that. I know that the detectives were on her Facebook um, within the 24 hours of her missing and were looking through her things. And I know that she did talk to quite a few people about going fishing. Um, you know, she didn't ask me to go, but I'm also a lot leery-er than she ever was. I just, I'm more cautious. And so I would have never went to Myron Grove with her. And I think she wouldn't, she knew that. It's just not my thing. It's a secluded area. There's like, when you drive in, there's only one way you can get into Myron Grove. It's like a one-way road. You know, if you're going to meet a car, you're going to see who's in that car you're going to meet. And um, you get to like the first, and there's like this first like uh, parking parking lot. And then there's like this little wooded area. And then there you drive around, and there's another parking lot where the boat ramp is. Well, you can't see from the one parking lot that's on the bottom or on the top you can't really see what's going on at the other parking lots and so that's weird to me I mean that's just that to me is kind of sketchy <laughs> but it's secluded I mean that's just that's how South Dakota is we just kind of have trees and things and you just deal with it because you don't think people are going to jump out at you right I mean yeah I agree yeah you, I've heard you can, a lot about South Dakota uh, this ain't the only case we have covered Regarding unfortunately. South, yeah, 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 unfortunately, you're right, in South Dakota, but, um, you know, it's just odd. So how could they say rule out the husband for a fact? I know that we've seen evidence that they said that he had an alibi that he was out of town, but can they say that 100% for sure? So, okay, so I, I was on the phone with Tony at 5, whatever, o'clock, 6 o'clock, and I know that I talked to Tony up until really 830 because I was talking to him on his way back because he was told he needed to come back. Law enforcement told him he needed to come back and he was on his way back. I believe he was in Pierre. He was on his way back and I was on the phone with him. So I knew it took him a while. Like he kept telling me where he was at and he was coming. And when Tony got to the law to law enforcement, Tony quit contact with me. Like it just went cold. He, he just wouldn't respond to me. He wouldn't text me. He wouldn't call me nothing. And I didn't hear anything until law, till DCI called me. Um, and I'm sure that's because I was blowing up his phone. Uh, so, I mean, I, I have to believe that he really was out of town. Um, I've had people tell me like, well, couldn't it been that he like murdered her at, you know, 145 and then he drove back and then he drove. Back. Okay. Well, I guess, I mean, I guess anything's possible, but I just, I personally have a hard time believing that her husband did it. I just don't want to believe it. Let's, I'll put it out there. I don't want to believe it. I don't want to come to that conclusion because I don't know how you can murder someone that you spent your high school oh, years it, oh, with. Oh, wait a minute. Uh -uh, it happened. <laughs> believe me. There well, is so I, I get that, many but cases. Like, yeah. You know, I, I get that, but I, I mean, I, and I, there's a big part of me that wants to believe that he has a solid alibi and 
DCI has done everything they can to, you know, shut and close the, the case. He was ruled out very early on. His family, I know, have been questioned. Uh, if, you know, we have a page for her and, and I his family has been on there and stated, you know, they've, they've been um, questioned numerous times. So I, I got to think that there's something there. But, you know, anything is possible. Anything is possible in this life. And, I, what, you know, what about I, the I still boyfriend? Runs my mind. It wasn't really a boyfriend. It was kind of like uh, she was just kind of seeing him. Um, well, what uh, about him? I know that he was uh, in Omaha. I, I, I mean, I know that. Um, you know, I always worry. So, Tony, I don't want to air his dirty laundry, but I guess I, it is truth. It is factual. Tony got married. The lady that, that Alicia walked in on Tony with was involved with roller derby. That's how Tony met this lady um tony uh told me after alicia's death that he was no longer with her um uh, that they had broken up whatever whatever um and i believed it and then um in 2016 he was um married to the lady that he was cheating on alicia with so he got married to her i, I believe it was halloween in 2016 um you know, Tony kept in contact with me up until he married Sarah. Uh, and once he married Sarah, obviously it didn't go very well for a lot of people because your wife died, you know, a year and a half ago. And now you're married to the lady that you said you weren't with and right. whatever. Yeah. Um, he kind of just quit contact with everyone, including me. And I've, I've tried to be in Tony's corner a lot and believe what everything he told me even after uh, Alicia's death, because I wanted to believe that he's a good person and, he wouldn't do that to her because I know she loved him with every ounce of her being. Um, but, you know, things happen and people are crappy and it could be, you know, people that question his wife. Was she somehow involved? And now um, we've been told by law enforcement that she's been questioned and she's a rock solid alibi and she wasn't there either. Um, so there's just been things that have happened that, you know, when you think about things in five years, you think that a family that, um, you know, were, you know, Tony's family would have something to, to ask about Alicia or to, to talk to her family or to have, you know, how's the investigation going? How's things going? You know, that just doesn't happen. Um, they've not been involved. Um, we, we did, um, a benefit for Alicia and trying to raise awareness and obviously, uh, trying to find out who did this and uh that benefit was uh, it was tough i was uh one of the coordinators of it and um there were people that were on tony's friends and his side who believed that he should have all the money and uh who kind of made it uh very difficult for us to do a benefit because they believe tony should have everything um but in the same sense uh, alicia's funeral was paid for by her grandparents um, her, uh, headstone is paid for by her grandparents and Tony did not lift a penny to pay for that, you know? Um, wow. So I, it's hard, you know, I, I, I can't blame him for not, I mean, they were gonna, they were supposed to sign divorce papers. Like they were gonna sign divorce papers. I, they had talked about it. It was going to happen within that week. And so I, 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 I get it. Um, you know, when you're separated and you haven't been with someone for 
you know, it had been almost, you know, over six months, nine months, whatever. It, they just, they, they were living two separate lives. It, it wasn't like they were married anymore. So I got it. It just made it a really awkward situation at a funeral. And then when she died, I mean, her family just kind of fit the bill for things to make sure things were done right. Right. To make sure that she had the proper burial she needed, because if he hadn't taken care of her in the previous nine months, why would he take care of her at her funeral? Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So let me ask you, where do you think, um, where do you think the investigation is going now? Do you believe that, uh, they have new leads or, you know, what are you hearing? Uh, we hear crickets. That's what we hear. Yeah, Nothing. I'm not surprised. Uh, uh, you know, I, okay. So the best, the best thing that is happening to Alicia's story, um, is people like you, people like you and your listeners that, that hear our, our story that listen to me and, and, and share, you know, about her, or get onto our Facebook page and ask questions and, and continue to search. And as I say, fight for our Alicia, fight for our angel. That's the best thing happening right now because it keeps her at the forefront of everyone's minds. It Absolutely. doesn't just, it doesn't just make her a name. It doesn't make her a cold case in South Dakota. It makes her a person. And I want her to be a pure person until the day that someone is in jail and we're in trial and they're on trial for murder. Yeah. You know, I, I want that. And so right now that's the best thing that's happened is that she is getting some national news for the first time in five years because it took five long years for us to get there. Yeah. And I mean, I just hope that with this kind of attention, with this many people joining the fight, that maybe just maybe that will push us over the edge or someone will ask the right question or say, you know what? I was there that day. I remember that because right now at five and a half years in, there is not one person that has stated I was at Myron Grove that day. And I'm sorry, I was at Myron Grove five years later at the time of her death, and there was people there. And it wasn't just the people for for Alicia's memorial. It was just random people. Yeah, and and you're right. And hopefully somebody do here that knows something will come forward. I don't care. I mean, it'd be nice if they come now. But, okay, so right. we're at the end. We have run out of time. Um, We know it's been five and a half years, and... Bethany, you haven't given up. You're an awesome and an amazing friend. Let's talk about, uh, before we go, I'm sure you got a Facebook group. Let's talk about that so people that are listening can go there and support this Facebook group. So our Facebook group is Fighting uh, for Justice for Alicia Hummel. It is it is ran by a group of family and friends. Law enforcement is not involved. It's it is really our way to reach out to the public, to keep the public informed of what's going on. If any new leads come, if we're told of anything, it's a way for people to collaborate, to ask questions. Um, you know, if anyone has any questions or anyone has leads or, you know, doesn't want to go into law enforcement, they can easily just message the page, help us in the fight, and we'll make sure that we get somewhere with it. Um, you know, I, we can't fight this fight alone. And I, I certainly have stated I need to get this story. I need to get Alicia's story out of South Dakota. I, I, we need everyone's help. The family needs help. We, you know, I need help. I just, we just can't do it alone. So the more people that can join the page, share her story, talk about her, um, ask questions, the more, um, 
and better off we're going to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, Bethany, thank you so much for being on the show. And stay on the line. Um, okay, guys, we have come to the end. Thank you so much for listening. Also, we have our Facebook page, Crime Pursuit Podcast. Go there. We'll interact with you. Thank you for listening.